We're going to uh, wrap up our conversation about change today. We've been we've been talking about change since New Year's, and New Year's is the reason because so many people want to change. If you look at statistics, we've we've seen how many people, like eighty percent of the public, want to change something in their life. That's that's the reason they make their their New Year's resolutions. We've also seen that they're not very effective. That most people have abandoned their New Year's resolution by now, and so we've been looking at what sort of resources our faith has to to provide us with change. And what we've been seeing um, as we went along is that is that we do believe that that our faith offers us change. In fact, more than that, our faith uh, requires change. Change is necessary um, uh, in in our Christian understanding because we believe that that there are two ages. There's the present age in which there are the things you want to change, the, the parts of your life and the parts of the world that you wish were different. Um, and then there's the age to come when, when none of those problems will be part of that age. And uh, that, that that means if we're going to be in both ages, if we are going to make it into the next age, then we have to be different then. And so change is required. And not only that, the the target, the thing that we're aiming at, the 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 prototype or the template that we're we're going to be changed to to be like is Christ. So we're not simply stopping with kicking a bad habit or getting our finances in line. We're actually aiming at being being the um, the the same kind of a human that Christ is. So so um, uh, change is necessary, but we've also learned that change happens because God is breaking that new age into into our current age. That it flows in to us uh, through through people, and so change is happening all the time. And so uh, so we've looked at that. We've also looked at um, how the the way we do that, even though we're aiming at this this. Uh, really distant target. I, I'm not much like Christ right now. We have two legs and two hands, but that's about it. But um, but we're aiming at something that is that is a, a big challenge. But we don't get there by taking a big leap. Instead, we we take penguin steps. We we take Alaska steps, and we walk um, small steps by doing the next right thing. And then um, then. We look at uh, uh, systems, systems and habits. So we talked about that last week. That we have uh, 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 things that we just say. Look, I'm not going to debate this. It's not a discussion. Today is gym day, and I'm just going to go to the gym. So, so uh, we can we can um, work on the things that we need to change, or the things that are changing in us uh, by having systems and habits. And today we're going to look at uh, one last thing, which is even more powerful than than. Um, Systems and habits. It's the knowledge that people are waiting for me. If you ever had a gym buddy, that's even more motivational than the fact it's Monday. So, uh, so you go to the gym because somebody is waiting for you there. So we're going to talk about somebody there, somebody who's expecting you to show up, and uh, that's what we're going to uh, uh, learn from today. Learn about today from our reading in uh, in chapter ten of the letter to the Hebrews. So, so this is the beginning of the last section. So he spent. The, the writer has spent everything up to this point kind of laying the groundwork, explaining what Christ has done. And now he's he's transitioning to how you actually, uh, or, or in light of everything he's taught us, now what do we do? And so we're picking things up as he, as he transitions to that final section of the letter. So, so we are in um, Hebrews chapter uh, 10, starting in verse 19. And um, uh, it has this structure. He says, since since all of those things that that um, 
I've been talking about. Um, therefore, let's do some things. So, so that's the, the, the pattern he's going to show here. So he says, brothers and sisters, we have confidence we can enter the Holy of Holies by means of Jesus' blood through a new and living way he opened up for us through the curtain, which is his body, and we have a great high priest over God's house. So, Paul's using, uh, Paul, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, the, the writer is, um, is using temple language. And the problem with temple language, I mentioned to the children, there's these phrases like, um, through the curtain and the holy of holies and so forth that is not as familiar to us today. I mean, we, you know, we know it from, from the Bible, but we don't know it in terms of part of our everyday life. Uh, we don't have a holy of holies and things like that. So, so, um, so, some of it is lost on us, and partly it's lost on us because of the message that the writer of the Hebrews, a letter of the Hebrews says, is that we don't think in terms of, oh, I've got to go to the temple once a year and, and not see the sacrifice being offered in the room behind the curtain. We don't think that way. So as a way of kind of getting our, getting our minds into that place, let me, let me encourage you instead to just think about some, some big authority, some important place you have to go. So imagine you've got to go to traffic court to pay for a ticket or something like that. Imagine, um, imagine you're, you're going to go to the White House and, and meet with the president in the Oval Office. So you're going someplace important to do something important. So, so that would be kind of the most accessible way of understanding it. So, so, so you might imagine that, and he, that's, that's an imperfect thing because, because whatever happens, you know, if you go to the president, there's only so much he can promise you, right? But God doesn't have any limits. So it breaks down. Don't, don't push it very hard. But, but that's the big idea. You're, you're going to a place where you can ask for something. Maybe you're asking forgiveness. You know, this is my, uh, uh, 12th point. Please don't take my license away. Or maybe you're, you're asking for a favor, you know, can you make me postmaster general or something? So, so, uh, you're, you're going there because there's something you want. And, uh, so that, that's kind of a place where we can, we can access this. So he says, he says, we have confidence that we can enter the Holy of Holies. So the Holy of Holies is the place where earth and heaven touch. The place where, you know, the, the face of the, the, the beginning of heaven. So we, you know, we can walk right up to it, or, or in their case, only one person could walk right up to it. And from this place, the Holy of Holies, you could talk to God uh, directly. You couldn't see God, but you could talk to God. And so we now, it, it, so we could never do that in the past, uh, that, that we didn't have access to the Holy of Holies. No one has invited me to the Oval Office, right? But he's saying, well, now we can. Why can we? Because... We have a new and living way that he opened up through it, through the curtain. So, so, um, you know, the, the curtain that lets us into the Holy of Holies, um, the, the, the guards and the ushers along the way who said, come right into the Oval Office. So that's, that's the, uh, the picture here. He says, Jesus has done this. And we don't have to feel like, well, w- wait a minute, what am I doing here? Because, because it was Jesus, the high priest, who opened that path. He was the one who said, hey, the curtain has been ripped in half. You can come right in. So, so he says, through the, um, uh, through this new way, and we have a great high priest over God's house. So, so you now have access to God's house. You now have deliberate access or, or uh, direct access to God's house. So that's the, um, that's the, 
the picture so you now can do this. And so what do you do? So since we have access, what should we do? Well, the first thing we should do is take advantage of it. We should go in. So um, therefore, let's draw near with a genuine heart, with the certainty that our faith gives us. Since our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies are washed with pure water. Again, more temple language, but imagine, you know, should you go into the Oval Office? And the answer is, yes, you have the little visitor badge, right? The Secret Service is not going to wrestle you to the ground. Ground, They're not going to, you know, throw you in jail. You have the badge. You have been sprinkled clean. You, you are allowed in that space. So go right in. So the first thing is, let's draw near. What else? The second thing, he says, let's hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering because the one who made the promises is reliable. So that means both the, the, the promises that you can come in, but it also means when you leave, right? He promised you that you could become, you know, secretary of HUD or whatever. He's going to do that. He's going to keep his promises. Politicians, you know, they may have promised the same thing to four different people in a row, right? But in this case, if God promises you something, he is reliable. So hold on to that. After you leave, remember what, what has been, what has been made available to you. What is, what has been promised to you. So go in and then when you do leave, hold on to what happened there. And then he gets to this. He says, and let us consider, um, how to motivate. Let's think about how to motivate each other, um, uh, for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Hmm, the wording is not quite the same there. So um, let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. So, so same basic idea. Uh, says let's let's figure out how to motivate one another. How do how do uh, how do we do that? So, so what's the idea here? Picture again. You're you're getting into the Oval Office because you've got a, a program you want to pitch. You've got you know you want your your uncle to get pardoned, whatever it is. You're, you've got something you want to ask from the president, right? Now you're in the waiting room or the lobby. You're waiting, and there's a bunch of other people there, right? Now here's what he's saying: is you're waiting, and you're thinking, well, I'm going to ask if he will commute my my um, uncle's sentence or my sentence. I'm going to I'm going to ask if he would make me, you know, the postmaster general of Sand Lake Post Office, right? And the other people in the room are saying, man, that's so lame. You can ask for more than that. He says, no, no, no. Ask to be postmaster general of Alaska or, or the whole country. You know, aim high, go big. That's what, that's the idea is you're sitting in the lobby and you're encouraging each other to ask for more. That's, that's the picture he's saying. He's saying, um, let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Or let's think about how to motivate each other to show love and do good works. So ask God, say, look, I want to be a better husband. You know, don't say, I want to carry out the garbage more often. Say, I'm aiming big. I want the whole package. I want everything that's involved in being a better husband. So let's think about how to do that. And, and if I, if I'm aiming low, then you encourage me. You provoke me to, to acts of love and good deeds. So, so he says, and once you've done that, once you've sat in the lobby and you've been encouraged to aim high, he says, don't stop. Keep doing it. 
keep coming back. You know, this is not a genie where you get three wishes and, and then that's it. He says, no, just keep doing this. Keep encouraging each other because you've got access. The, the curtain is open. You can come before God all the time. So keep encouraging each other um, for, for uh, these purposes. Don't stop once you feel like, okay, well now, you know, I'm, I, I'm more reliable at taking out the garbage. You know, that's, yes, okay, you've done that, but you need to keep being encouraged to, to aim higher. So, so he says, instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. So, I'm still a little mystified what happened with the, the slide there. I don't know what, what the actual text is, but, but the, the, the idea here is pretty straightforward. He says, he says, the church exists to do this, right? You can worship God anywhere. You can worship God in your bedroom. You can worship God, um, on, on, on a mountaintop. You can worship, worship God, you know, when, when it's, uh, midnight in the desert and you look up and you see the Milky Way and you just think, oh, what a great God. You can worship God anywhere, right? You don't need to come to church to worship God. So why do you come to church? You come to church to be part of that community, the, the people waiting in the lobby who are encouraging each other, who are provoking one another to love and good deeds. So, so, um, this word, and, and I've, I've used the word a couple of times, this says, um, a purpose of sparking love. That's kind of tame. Uh, I don't even know where I got these different translations. Now I'm mystified, but, but he says, think about how to motivate. Um, that's a translation. The actual word is to provoke. It means to, to poke something with a sharp stick. If you want to motivate a cow to, or an ox to plow or something like that, you get a sharp stick and you poke it. That will motivate the, the, the ox to move forward, right? So he's saying, poke them. It should be a little bit uncomfortable. They should be going, oh, I don't know. That seems like a lot to ask, right? If they're not doing that, then you're probably not poking hard enough. So he says, um, encourage um, each other, provoke one another. It should be a little bit un- uncomfortable. But remember, you're all in the same boat. You're all in the same lobby. You're all going to go into the same room and ask the same person for whatever it is you're asking for. So so go ahead and provoke, not because you're in a better position, but simply because you're saying, look, you're you're in the you're in the waiting room in front of the Oval Office. You know, go big, ask for something. So so that's the kind of provoking that he's saying about. But he also says, let us consider. And that means be thoughtful. Don't simply say you should do better. Think think what that person actually needs. What what that person um, needs in the way of encouragement. Maybe all the encouragement they need is somebody to say, "Hey, you've you've changed a little bit. You know, I think you're different now. You're you're a better person in this particular area." That may maybe all the encouragement they need. They'll race into to the the holy of holies. They'll ask God for the next thing on their their plate because you've encouraged them. So it should be maybe a little uncomfortable. Maybe it should be uncomfortable for you. I feel awkward saying this, but I just wanted you to know I think I think something is happening in your life. So that's that's the big picture. This is what the church is for um, because we can worship God anywhere at any time. The reason for the church is so that we can actually have that, that kind of community that encourages us to uh, to do loving uh, uh, acts of love and good deeds. So the best way I know to do this is in a small group. I was delighted to hear that this week a number of people from the church went to see the the chosen together. You know, that's a shared experience that that they now are a little bit closer. There's people who've been 
learning about the biome together. You know, shared experiences are a great place to to get to know people and to really understand what it is that they're dealing with. So I encourage you to be part of a small um, a small fellowship of some kind because that's a great place where you can be more transparent and people can say, oh, you're too lame. Come on, ask for more than that. So do that. Two last thoughts. So the word the word here um, says, uh, let us, uh, don't stop meeting together. That literally translates the same word as we use for our annual congregational meeting. So we're going we're gonna to have an opportunity to do that here shortly. We're going to meet together. And um, the, the last thing um, I will do is to go back to the beginning. So, so this is a lot to say, right? You know, we can, we can talk about the president, but the president's nothing compared to God, right? So if we kind of shy away from the thought of, well, I don't know, I wouldn't go into the Oval Office. You know, what do I, you know, I wouldn't know what to ask for. I don't know what the limits are. So how much more would we do that with God, right? If we really were thinking through what it is that God can offer us, what God has made available to us. So we might say, well, you know, I don't know. I'm going to kind of not push on that. I'm just going to kind of back away and try not to, to, to do anything that gets, gets me any attention. And that brings us back to the beginning. So he says, he says, we have confidence we can enter the holy of holies by means of Jesus' blood. And the new and living way he has opened up for us is his body. So Jesus knew we would we would chicken out. We would say, well, yeah, I don't really belong in there. I can't really open up and be be known by God because then he'd, he'd be un, unhappy with me or something like that. Jesus knew that these promises were too great for us to hold on to very well. So he said, I want you every so often to get together and remember my body and my blood, which is the means you have to get into the throne room of God. The way you come before God is not because of anything you've done, but because of the body and blood of Christ, which is what Jesus told us to do, to celebrate that access we have. So we will be celebrating our communion service here shortly. Um, so um, I invite everyone to be part of that as a way of remembering why we can get into the, the throne room of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have opened up this way to come to you. And we pray, Lord, that you would put people in our lives who will encourage us, who will provoke us. And we pray, Lord, that you would make us, like the rest of your church, provocateurs, encouraging one another to do acts of love and good deeds. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.